He's an awesome God, isn't he? Wow. Oh, behold, let's behold our God. He's an awesome God. All right. Well, uh, good morning. I want to give you a huge welcome. Is everybody doing good? Are you guys feeling good? Yeah, it is an awesome morning. It's great to be here. I want to welcome you and just say hi. My name is Brian, and uh, we're wrapping up a series right now called Life in the Presence. And today we're looking at Moses' prayer, God, show me your glory. It's an awesome prayer, and I hope we'll all leave here praying that prayer. But uh, before we get into the message, most of you know that I was born and raised in Colorado. And so I'm a huge fan of the Denver Broncos. There's only one person who cheered, and that was my wife. <laughs> Everybody else is like, what's happening? <laughs> uh, but I'm a big fan um, of the Broncos, and I grew up watching John Elway and Terrell Davis and Shannon Sharp and all those guys. And um, if I had a favorite superhero, it'd probably be John Elway. Um, you know, who's the greatest quarterback of all time? I'm going to say John Elway. But uh, you don't have to take my word for it. I actually have a video that's a lot of fun. It has a little twist at the end, and then I want to make a point, of course. But um, the, I have a video of a DC cab driver, and I want you to hear his response when he's asked who's the greatest quarterback of all time. And by the way, this cab driver is decked out in Steelers gear. So you're going to notice the jacket. You're going to notice all the like Super Bowl patches. Um, and listen to who he says is the greatest quarterback of all time. It's not Roethlisberger. It's not Brady. It's Elway. Elway, Elway. So check this out. <laughs> all right, I just had to have fun with that. I know some of you here are Steelers fans too, so just have to give you a hard time with that. But uh, isn't that hilarious? I mean, the story goes, John Elway, his wife, and a family friend are in a cab in Washington, D.C., and they're driving along, and the cab driver is this massive Steelers fan. He's got the patches, you know, of all the Super Bowls. And so uh, the story goes that Glenn Stearns, who's a friend of the Elway family, he's sitting in the front seat. He says, who do you think is the greatest quarterback of all time? And, I, you know, I cut out some of the, the discussion, but, you know, he talked about Roethlisberger and Brady, but he said... Elway. Elway's the greatest quarterback of all time. And he's having this whole long conversation, and the whole time, John Elway is sitting in the back of the cab. How awesome is that? And, you know, he, of course he gets out, gets his picture taken. It's the best day of his life. So here's, here's where I'm going with this. I think for many of us in our relationship with God, a lot of times this is the story of our life. We talk about God. We believe in God. We show up at church. We sing the songs. You know, God is cool. God is awesome. God is number one. But do we ever have a moment where we stop and go, whoa, God is with me. Oh my goodness. God is in the back of the cab. And that's what this series is about. Life in the presence. We're not just talking about God. We're not just believing in God or singing some songs. No, God is with us. God is in the backseat of the cab. And so what if we just turned around and went, whoa, he's with me. That's what this series is about. Life in the presence. It's about what A.W. Tozer said in, in a book called The Pursuit of God, which, which I just love. It's this quote that life in the presence of God should be known to you. And life in the presence of God should be known to us in conscious, 
experience. It's a life to be enjoyed every moment of every day. And I'm telling you, the best day of your life is any day that you experience the presence of God. The best day is any day in your life when you experience the presence of God. That's life in the presence. It's what this series is about. So how do we do that? We've been talking about Moses. We've been looking at Exodus 33 and 34. And Moses models for us this life in the presence of God. And it starts out with a tent of meeting. If you were here when we kicked off this series, we talked about how Moses had a tent of meeting. And he would get away from everything just to meet with God. And this tent of meeting, it represents time alone with God, praying and reading his word. It's, it's this secret place that Jesus talked about. It's this place of prayer and intimacy with God. And for us to experience life in God's presence, you and I need a secret place. We need a tent of meeting where it's just us and God, those moments in the presence of God. Well, not only did Moses have a tent of meeting, but within this tent of meeting, Moses began to pray three powerful prayers. And we've been looking at each of these powerful prayers. Um, Here they are. Teach me your way. Teach me your way. Don't let me take a step without you, God. And number three, what we're going to look at today, show me your glory. And I hope that, church, you've started to pray these prayers in your life. And maybe you're facing a situation and you don't know what to do and you begin to pray, God, I don't know what to do, but would you teach me your way? Would you lead me in your righteousness? Maybe there's an opportunity, a bit of a promised land, something great, something that seems right, but you're going, hold on, hold on. If God's not in this, I don't want it. So God, don't let me take a step without you. And we begin to pray these prayers, and and we're going, okay, God, I trust you. Okay, God, I'm following your way. Okay, God, you're with me. You're in the back. You're in the cab with me. Now, God, Show me your glory. Show me your glory. And that is the greatest prayer of all, is it not? To ask God, God, show me your glory. And in Exodus thirty-three eighteen, Moses says, God, show me your glory. The glory of God. This prayer is the heartbeat of everything in life. So therefore, this prayer, show me your glory, has to be the heartbeat of Hope Community Church. And it needs to be the heartbeat of my life and the heartbeat of your life. Because the glory of God is what life is all about. And so everything that has happen. Everything that is happening and everything that will happen is ultimately for one thing, and it's the glory of God. And so at any moment in our life, it is a powerful thing to pray, God, show me your glory. Because that's what this story and adventure is all about. It's about one thing. It's about God and a God who is glorious. So what would it look like? And this is what I want to talk about. What would it look like for you? And what would it look like for us to begin to pray this prayer? And what might God do in your life if you began to say, God, 
show me your glory. That's what we're going to look at. And so if you have your Bible, if you have a copy of Scripture or an app or something like that, you can open up to Exodus 33. That's where we're at. We're in Exodus 33. We're going to have the verses up on the screen too, if that's easier for you. Um, But we're in Exodus 33. So let's listen one more time to this powerful conversation between Moses and God. Exodus 33, 12. Let's read it one more time, this, this passage. Verse 12 in Exodus 33. Moses said to the Lord, You've been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You've said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you're pleased with me, Here's the first prayer. Teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Then the Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to the Lord, If your presence doesn't go with us, do not send us up from here. I don't want to take a step without you. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all other people on the face of the earth? And then the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you've asked. How awesome is that? Because I'm pleased with you and I know you by name. And then Moses said, here it is, the biggest prayer of all. Now show me your glory. And in this holy moment, God says, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. And I will have mercy on whom I'll have mercy, and I'll have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see my face and live. And then the Lord said, there's a place near me where you may stand on a rock. And when my glory passes by, I'll put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I've passed by. And then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. Now pick it up in Exodus 34, 5. This is, this is the encounter as Moses experiences the glory of the Lord. Exodus 34, 5. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with Moses and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness and rebellion and sin. And yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sins of the parents to the third and fourth generation. And Moses bowed to the ground at once and worshipped. God, show us your glory. Now let's pray, and then we're going to dive in. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for each person that's here. No one is here by accident. God, you are a sovereign God who sits on a throne, and you are majestic and awesome and powerful. Lord, your kindness leads us to repentance. And so today we ask for a revelation of who you are. Lord, give us this opportunity, this moment, this space to behold your glory. And we ask that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. All right, I got three points today for us. Here's my first thing. The first thing I see in this passage 
is that this prayer, show me your glory, is a bold request. It's a bold thing to come before God and say, God, show me your glory. I have a son named Hudson. He's one and a half years old. And a few weeks ago, he got a hold of, of an iPhone. And uh, he did something kind of bold on that iPhone. He was kind of playing around. And uh, you won't believe this, but my one and a half year old son dialed 911. I'm not kidding you. I don't know how he put the nine, the one, the one, and hit the button. But one and a half years old, he did it. 911. We had no idea until we get a call back. My wife picks up the phone. Yeah, this is uh, 911, you know, emergency. Uh, we just want to make sure everything's okay. And of course, like, you know, Angie, she's like apologizing tremendously. Like, I'm so sorry. It's my one and a half. You know, like, we didn't, it was just an accident. I'm so sorry. And he's like, okay, okay. All right, it's all right. We're just making sure everything's okay. Is everybody safe? Yeah. And she's like, she's like okay, good. I just wanted to check because we heard a lot of heavy breathing on the other end. <laughs> it was bold. It was a bold move, Hudson. Bold. There's a lot of things you can do on an iPhone, but dialing 911 is like the boldest. Everything else pales in comparison. To pray, show me your glory, is a bold request. To come before God and say, God, show me your glory. You're dialing into one of the boldest prayers that you can possibly pray. Every other prayer pales in comparison to this simple prayer. That's the level of this prayer. And so we see the, the boldness of Moses when he cries out to God. Now show me your glory. And in Exodus 33, 17 and 18, the Lord said to Moses, I love this, I'll do the very thing you've asked. And Moses said, okay, God, just one more thing. One more thing, God, show me your glory. It's a bold request. What is the glory of God? What is God's glory? The word glory comes from a Hebrew word, kavod, which literally means weight or heaviness. The glory of God is the weight of who God is. So, so we think about things, you know, in life. You, you go to the store, you're looking at stuff, and, and you find something that, that's light. It's chintzy. It's not very valuable. But then you, you come across something that's, that's heavy, and you go, wow, there's something to this. There's a weight to this. There's a value to this. And that's what kavod is, glory. The glory of, the God, of God is the weight and the worth of who he is. And Moses is coming before God, and he's saying, God, show me the weight and the value of who you are. And so here's Moses. He saw the ten plagues in Egypt. He saw the Red Sea split in two. He saw God do wonder after wonder in the journey. But now Moses is calling upon something deep in the heart of God, a revelation of something that has never been manifested before in such a personal way. And God comes before, Moses comes before God and says, God, just one more thing, one more thing. Would you show me your glory. God, show me the beauty of who you are. God, overwhelm me with the weight and the wonder of your presence. God, would you come and break into my life with a revelation of all that you are. 
God, show me your glory. And here's what's awesome. You can come before God and you can pray that very same prayer. You can come before God and say, God, show me your glory in my life, in my marriage. God, in this trial, in this temptation, show me your glory. In my school, in my workplace, God, show me your glory. God, show us your glory. We want to know the beauty and the worth and the weight of who you are. And I believe today in this moment right now, God is beginning to revive this prayer in the hearts of people in this room. God, come. Show us your glory. That's God. He's calling right now. It's like, I'm here. He's like, I, I love. You prayed that? I love to answer this prayer. It's a bold request. God, show me your glory. But listen, God loves to answer. God loves to answer this prayer. He loves to show his glory to those who ask. And we see this in our story with God and Moses. Look at verse 19. The Lord said, and this is how he answers this. The Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I'll proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. And I'll have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I'll have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But, God said, you cannot see my face. He's an awesome God. And no one may see me and live. And the Lord said, there's a place near me where you may stand on a rock. And when my glory passes by, I'll put you in, the, in a cleft in the rock. And I'll cover you with my hand until I've passed by. And then I'll remove my hand and you'll see my back, but my face must not be seen. So God says to Moses, Moses, you want to see my glory? I'm coming back this time tomorrow. I'm going to descend in a cloud and I will reveal my glory to you. A few verses later, Exodus 34, 5, come to this holy, holy moment. And the fact that we get to hear and witness and experience this moment is so special. It's such a holy, sacred moment where the Lord comes. And Exodus 34, 5 describes the encounter. And the Lord came down in a cloud. And he stood there with Moses and he proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. Such a vivid scene, isn't it? Where God comes to Moses and says, Moses, you want to see my glory? God says, I'm going to come back tomorrow and I'm going to put you in the cleft of a rock. And I want you to picture this. God says, this is what I'm going to do, Moses. I'm going to put you in the cleft of a rock and then I'm going to descend and I'm going to show you my glory and I will pass in front of you and as I walk in front of you, my hand will cover your face. And as I walk in front of you and, and my hand covers your face, I'm going to begin to proclaim my name over you. The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate 
gracious, abounding in love, maintaining love to thousands, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. And then he says, when I get past you, I'm going to remove my hand and you're going to see my back because no one can see my face and live. And then you will see my glory pass by. And what's God revealing to Moses? What's he revealing to us in that moment? Two things. Number one, he's revealing the glory of his character. He's revealing the glory of his character. Exodus 33, verse 18. Moses said, Now show me your glory. And I love this. The Lord said, I will cause all my... What? God said... Moses said, show me your glory. And God said, all... All of my what will pass in front of you? Goodness. The glory of God is the goodness of God. The glory of God in your life is the goodness of God in your life. The Bible says it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And Moses begins to see the glory of God's character then in Exodus 34, 6 through 7, God proclaims his name. This is such a powerful scripture. God proclaims his name, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. And yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. This is the weight, friends, of who God is. Back, uh, back when I was in seminary and I was studying the Old Testament, I had an Old Testament for professor, Dr. Pratico. He taught Old Testament survey, he taught Hebrew, all these great courses. And we're going through our survey of the Old Testament. We get through Genesis, we get through Exodus, we get to Exodus 34. And I remember Dr. Pratico stopping and saying, Everybody, Exodus 34, 6 through 7. This is the glory of God. This is who God is. And he said, this is the Exodus 34 character of God. And so we write it down. We underline it. We circle it. We highlight. Explosions coming out of it. Because as we walked through the Old Testament together, I began to see, and he would point it out, this is the Exodus 34 character of God. And you'd see it in the Psalms. I was reading Psalm 77 this morning. You see it again in the Exodus 34 character of God, this God who's compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. You see it in Nehemiah, in Jonah, in Malachi. It's all throughout Scripture. By the way, Exodus 34, 6 and 7 is the most quoted verse in the, Old, in the Bible by the Bible. This is the most quoted verse in the Bible by the Bible. And so my Old Testament professor says, it's the Exodus 34 character of God. This is God revealing his glory to us. And you'll see it again and again and again and again. And what this tells me is that we have a God who loves to reveal the glory of his character. And he wants to reveal the glory and the weight and the worth of his character to you. It's his love. It's his goodness in your life. It's his compassion 
his forgiveness. God loves to reveal the glory of his character. He loves to reveal one more thing. He, he revealed his back. I don't know if you're a back person. Um, I'm just, I'm off the cuff right now. Um, I, was at, I was at the beach with this guy, and uh, like pulls off his shirt. He asks me to like put sunscreen on his back. You know, it's like hairy and... So backs aren't always the most glorious thing. I'm way off topic now, but, uh, <laughs> but God reveals his back. And you're going, why his back? And, and we have this like, question where it's like, wasn't Moses face to face? And now God's saying, you can't see my face and live. What's going on? And, and what's happening is that face to face is this beautiful description of the intimacy. But... Did Moses see God's face? I don't know, because no one can see God's face and live. But we're coming to this, like, why did God reveal the glory of his back? And this is what I think. Could be wrong, but why does God reveal the glory of his back? Because there's still a whole lot more glory still to come. And Moses got to see the back of God's glory, but for us, in Jesus, we get to see the face of God's glory. How awesome is that? And we get to see what 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says. We get to see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So he's saying, hold on, Moses. There's a whole lot more glory to come. Just wait for Jesus. You're saying, show me your glory? Oh, Moses, you don't know this, but you're praying, show me Jesus. Because in Jesus, we get to see the face of the glory of God. And what happens is Jesus comes, and he dies on the cross for our sins, right? Because God doesn't leave the guilty unpunished. God is good, and God is just. And so he does not leave the guilty Unpunished, But yet, though, in the love of God, he comes as Jesus. And Jesus bears our sin. He takes the weight of our sin on the cross. He dies. He rises from the dead. Why? Not only so that our sins can be forgiven, but more than that, so that we can have a relationship with this God of glory who is good and compassionate and gracious and forgiving and maintaining love to thousands upon thousands upon millions who have put their faith and their trust in him. And that, my friends, is the glory and the goodness of our God, that he would do that for us in Jesus Christ. And so what I'm saying is that through Jesus, God's glory can enter your story. Through Jesus, God's glory can enter your story. God loves to answer this prayer. God loves to reveal his glory to those who ask. So we're saying, God, show me your glory. It's bold. I know it's bold. But I know, God, that you love to answer this prayer. And so I'm, I'm asking. What's our response? Last one. Worship is our response to the glory of God. What's, what's our response to this? God begins to show us who he is. Oh, our response 
is worship. Worship is our response to the glory of God. What, what is worship? What is it? Is it singing? Is it songs? What is worship? It's our response. It's all it is. So God reveals, we respond, and that's worship. It's the heartbeat of worship. And yet so many times in a church setting, we get hung up sometimes more about our opinions than God's glory. Sometimes in a church setting, we get hung up on the songs, on the style, and sometimes it gets crazy. And I have a friend who's a worship pastor. I remember years ago, he got two emails in the same week. The first email, worship is too loud. And then the second email, two days later, worship's not loud enough. <laughs> That's a bit of what we sometimes experience in a church context where saying, oh man, I don't like the singing or I don't like the songs or can't we do old songs or can't we do new songs or it's not traditional enough or it's not modern enough. And what we have is a lot of people who are very confused, having very heated conversations. Because worship was never about a song or a style. And church, for us to be a worshiping church, it has less to do with the instruments and the songs and the style, and it has more to do with every one of us in this room having a full life response to the greatness and the glory of God. That is worship. Worship is a response. And so we see Moses before God, and that's where the conversation goes. Moses has this stunning vision of who God is. And we see in the scripture Moses' incredible response. In Exodus 34, verse 8, it says, Moses bowed to the ground at once and worshiped. He bowed to the ground at once and worshiped. And everything is stripped away in this scene. When you picture Moses and God and his glory, there's no songs, there's no instruments, there's no stage, there's no lights. There's just an awesome God and a man on his face in worship. Worship is a response to the glory of God. And so our greatest need in this hour is to come and say, God, show me your glory. And when we begin to pray that prayer, there's only one response, and it's worship. And worship, there's two dimensions to this response. There's an, there's an internal response, and there's an external response. Worship is an internal response of the heart. There is a, a humility and an awe before the majesty of God. And there is an external response. I'm falling on my face at once. In fact, the word worship in this passage and all through the Old Testament is the word shakah, which means to lay prostrate with your face on the ground. He's an awesome God. It's worship. It's this internal response of the heart that oftentimes overflows into this hands raised, head bowed, face 
on the ground, jumping up and down in joy, dancing, full life response to the glory of God. And that's worship. See, worship is always our response to a revelation of the glory of God. And church, our greatest need in this hour is to simply behold our God. Behold your God. And that is why we are saying, I'm on my knees. God, show me your glory. And we're in awe. And we're responding to the awesome weight of who he is. It's worship. So these are bold prayers. It's a bold thing to pray just like Moses, these three powerful prayers. What are they? Teach me your way. Don't let me take a step without you. Show me your glory. And here's what's awesome. God loves to answer these prayers. He loves it. If you'll pray these prayers, he loves to answer these prayers. And what's going to happen is you're going to begin to experience the weight of God's presence in your life. You're going to begin to experience the immensity of who he is, his worth and his weight. God is not a light thing. He's a heavy, awesome, glorious, joy-filled, good and marvelous thing to behold. So we're praying these three prayers. And I want to encourage you as we wrap up this series, because this is the end. I want to challenge every one of you to begin to pray these prayers. Teach me your way. Don't let me take a step without you. Show me your glory. Just like Moses. And you're going to begin to experience this wonderful thing of life in the presence of God. Let's close our time with prayer. I want to invite the worship team to come so we can take some time to respond to who God is and what he's doing. God, thanks for this moment. We're on sacred ground. We ask to behold you in all of your, your majesty. Pray for each person in this room. They would come to know the joy of your presence. Thank you that scripture says that in your presence is the fullness of joy. And it's a wonderful thing. It's the best day, any day, that we can experience your presence. Oh, that we might be a generation that seeks the face of God. So I pray even right now, even in these moments, God, would you revive these prayers in our hearts? Would you begin to revive these prayers in our generation? God, teach us your ways. You're good. Your ways are good. You love us. You're kind. So teach us your ways. Lead us in your righteousness. Make our paths straight. And God, would you keep us from taking any step without you? Whatever it is, whatever promise, whatever hope, whatever thing that we think might make a difference in our life. God, if you're not in it, we don't want it. It's one thing we want. One thing we're asking for. And that's you. It's your presence, God. So we trust you. We love you. 
And we say, now, God, show us your glory. Open our eyes. Let things in our hearts that feel weighty be released. Let these things be lighter, God, because of the weight and the wonder of who you are. Show us Jesus. Show us forgiveness and hope and life and the gift of you. And we ask that today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Would you stand and worship God today?